0: Shad here, reporting in again. We just finished defeating these ghoulish cultists in this grotesque room of effigies and this mound of rotting flesh. We don't find much, but Tulok takes an effigy with him and we mend our wounds as best we can. We leave girl behind again for now and head through the northwestern door in the library We find the first room we have in a long time that is brightly lit small and cozy there's an ever burning torch in the chandelier above us and another locked door finding we have the key to this door on us we enter and find a strange fairy annotating a book with much glee attempting to speak with the fairy it simply turns and attacks with an unnerving amount of rage and bloodlust threatening us with death in the light Right away, Tulak is blinded by its magic, and Lady Gilda pulls him from the room. Physic shoots and strikes true, but the fairy blinks out of existence. The comic continues as the party tries everything they can to take down the creature, but is now invisible. Gilda covers it in chalk dust, to trying to expose its location, but it manages to shake that off, too. We have no idea what's next.
1: i've been thinking
2: that's a first about
1: something We're oh, gonna, gonna start like that <laughs> <Ernie>. <laughs> you oh, filthy you animal oh, he got you good you fucker
2: he called the shit poop
1: man scott you're not usually that quick but <laughs> you know i i always think about the the metagaming aspect of these games and you know, we, these, uh, these games can be a bit of an escape, but if, but they're not necessarily a, a hide from reality. Uh, we are suspending our disbelief, but our, our, what we know in life, what we, what we know generally like is applied to our own lives and our own decisions. And it has to come into uh, the application of making decisions for your characters. And, um, and I just like that, blurring that line as much as possible, playing out of your comfort zone, but not making yourself uncomfortable. I think is a a really cool part of these games. And the one thing I love about this group in particular, we've been doing this for a while now and talking about it uh, for uh, even more time on top of getting it started. You know, we we check in with each other a lot. You know, we are working remotely Um, as much as three of us are in the same city. We don't really ever see each other. And um, so working remotely can be really tough. Uh, And I just super appreciate... You know the check-ins and the understanding that we have as a group, and it's why we work so well together, and I think why we have a good energy, um, so on and so forth. Uh, I don't want to get too too. Uh... I'm about to cry. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, I you know, it, it, you know, as much as we are uh, a trope <laughs> that uh, that exists in this in this medium of of just being a bunch of white dudes doing this. Um, you know, we, we do have our, uh, our, our struggles in, in our, in our lives and our professional careers and whatnot, and, and it's hard to make this all work, but I, I have always appreciated the mental health check-in that we often do for each other. And, um, and Scott sort of suggested something not dissimilar, uh, I, apropos of, of how our lives will affect our decision-making in and out of the game. I think we should do a mental health check-in of our characters, which is a much more diverse group than we are, <laughs> um, let it be known. Let's dive into what's what's going on in people's brains right now, given, you know...
2: You're asking me what Tulak's mental health is right now.
1: Right now. Well, I mean, I mean, you could be in this moment or it could be prior to this, this combat. Okay, because right <laughs> now in, right? it is
2: real bad.
1: Yeah, real stressed, I imagine. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I was... I was... yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's tough because i mean they've been crawling through this dungeon maybe not he but i have lost track of where we are with time i know Mm -hmm. about a dozen two dozen episodes ago you asked us how long we thought we were into the game and we were about five days and now i have no idea i mean if i had to hazard a guess i'd say 10 just you know what take Mm -hmm. that and double it okay uh, yeah. That being said, you know, I think that he's just, he came here in search of answers, but uh, by one side of the token, there are just more questions than answers are being produced. Basically, they haven't found out anything really, uh, aside from research about Belcora. Mm-hmm. And at every step, there's just something cultists, ghouls, fey creatures, whatever. Like, Yeah quite the random smattering yeah yeah so he's just confused this grand quest they're on is deadly and disturbing and wild so he is not having a good time to be honest <laughs> and he's becoming more and more frightened by his own power i mean like he was worried when he was throwing around projectiles with his mind and now he's right. summoning undead creatures so
1: mm. i mean it wasn't all that long ago that we were talking about how you guys had a, this sort of reemboldened um, you know, now this is your quest, not just the request of Rin, you know, um, and you had a, this sort of confidence as a group as you were powering up, but now, you know, are you, you're saying that Tulok's sliding back a bit and, and that he's, he's become a little more worrisome?
2: I think that, like, it's just become exponentially more serious mm-hmm. the farther they go down. Started off with little gremlin guys, no big D, and then you know, it just gets worse and worse. So yeah, yeah, I think that as confident as he is with the party and loves everyone with them. And now they have Shad with them. He's feeling good about that. And he knows his power is increasing. It's just getting more and more deadly and he's fucking blind right now. So yeah, that is a (laughs) bit of a tough pill to swallow. He's getting a little taste of what many other people have to live their lives with. And um, it can't be easy. So yeah, it's tough. Physic. Two words
3: come to mind genuinely distressing (laughs) uh physic would have like he he's not in a good spot headspace wise but i think that has to be like you know expected for somebody that was not a seasoned adventurer going into this awful hellscape of a place Mm -hmm. yeah so you know he's persevering as much as he can but jesus fucking christ
1: Where do you where do you feel like physics stands on? Like when you first introduced the character, if I recall correctly, you did say at one point he had this this fever dream religious experience. But now he has the godless healing feat, which we kind of covered in the last episode. Where is his like where has his brain gone from the start to now? Because like that, you know, that religious experience hasn't really come into play. Is there something in the background that is like, you know, sort of transforming? I feel
3: like in his mindset it having that religious experience as uh, you would say or having that vision that he did mm-hmm. uh it didn't necessarily bolster his faith in anything and mm-hmm. having seen the depravity of what the world is under this lighthouse it has not given him more route to, towards faithfulness it's it's given him more more than anything it's made it's given him it's given more pause uh, more of a bleak outs, uh, outlook towards life in general okay so he, he's cool. just kind of he's becoming hardened in a way that there was a bit of an innocence of him coming into this uh, adventure mm. that is slipping away every single room that we go into i
1: hope he turns to the dark side <laughs> gilda <laughs> um
4: Gilda is complicated man mm. uh, i have been a lot of things in my life but a an early 20s woman who's gonna live for 600 <laughs> years is, is not one
1: of them <laughs> let alone let alone uh, faithful to a god i am sure <laughs> yeah um so she's
4: uh she's probably my most complex character that i've ever created and i'm not sure how much i've i've touched on in her backstory but uh to pull up the curtain a little bit she comes from like a staunch staunchly devoted family to shaylin um her father and her mother are both like really really devoted to shailen so she grew up with like this this passion for existence and and life um and and this this uh, encouragement of artistic beauty and 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 love and and that kind of thing and when she was injured in the line of duty it was during her recovery that she pivoted from shailen to Aurori, uh reading uh, i think she probably just found like a copy of unbinding the fetters which is a Rory sacred text and it's through this that she strove to to regain perfection and mobility in her leg um she by all rights like this this wound could not have been healed by uh by
1: magic mm-hmm. or the magic that was available to her at the time um so it's a little too far gone for full recovery you know yeah, Unless you have so, like a, a like a proper like restoration of the uh, limb kind of magic, right?
4: Yeah. So I think maybe in the future that'll be an option for her. But right now it's, you know, she's coping with coming from this family whose ideals are are love and creativity. Even though her father is a, a high ranking general in the Neanderan army, um, you know, he follows Shailen. That creativity is, is what he brings to the battlefield. That's what what helped him. Uh, ascend in the ranks and you know her her mother is an instructor and a botanist so uh, she is has spent her whole life respecting life and and striving for perfection now for the last few years while she's been recovering for this injury and She's finally in this place where she can let loose, where she no longer has to respect life because they're facing the undead. They're facing ghouls. They're facing these abominations to these, these gods that she's uh, devoted to. And she's, she is devoted to Rory now, whereas she, she converted from Shailen. So she's no longer devoted to Shailen at all. But those, those teachings still stick with her. So she is, first of all, on the first adventure of her life. Like, she spent her young time in school and then as a squire in the Andoran army, at, uh, in the Golden Legion, um, tied up with, with the Andoran army, not far from her home in Anderen. Uh, And then she's on, like, this summer sabbatical where she's, you know, exploring Europe uh, as she's getting her leg fixed. And all of a sudden, she finds herself in the midst of this, you know, knowledge and treasure hunt. And I think there's some arrogance of youth coming through there. Uh, and I think that's, you know, her 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 drive to to help other people and the arrogance of youth is what brought her into this. Um, but now, this second level or this third level or whatever level we're on, where it's just ghouls, she's now discovering these powers that she has where she can just wreck house. So I think she's actually, like, she's, she's putting on this, she's attempting to put on, like, this stoic, dry face, as you know, now a now promoted member of uh, of the Golden Legion, but inside she is just loving every minute of it, being <laughs> able to unleash and and like flex her full power. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I kind of love I'm, it because
1: she's like she's 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 punching her way through all of this shit like with extra extreme incredible prowess, but like non lethally <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. She's not she's not giving in to the dark side. She is, you know, maintaining a a level of control, you know, whether it's her choice or not, uh, to just, you know, continue that that assault, um, and get get, you know, sort of have her cake and eat it too.
4: Yeah. So mechanically, that that is her her prerogative. Like, mm-hmm. I could take a minus two and and do lethal attacks, but it's that you know respect for her mother and her father and their way of life with mm-hmm. Shailen. Um, that she doesn't take those lives. But with these undead ghouls, that disrupting rune, yeah. or her divine ally, she's just messing <laughs> shit yeah.
2: It's so funny with that juxtaposed to Tulak and Physic because they are,
1: yeah, they're <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, the deeper they go and the more horrifying everything becomes, the less they can handle it in a way because they both come from backgrounds that have nothing to do with this and are questioning themselves, whereas Lady Gilda is becoming emboldened by the power and by the evil. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah by, by the freedom that the evil allows her to have as both a champion and a a champion of Aurora with these ties to Shalen, and she doesn't want to harm her family or do injustice to either Aurora or the, the Golden Legion, so she has all these really aggressive loyalties, but She's in this dark, hidden away place. She's, she's like she's at a rave in Berlin for the first time in her life. You know? like, <laughs> like, let's let's try everything. Yeah. Let's open every door. And that's I'm, I'm trying to get that across in the way she's yeah. always trying to
1: push forward. Yeah. Um, so you know, the she gets tired. are Molly. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and, you know, she gets tired with all these doors and all these options because she just wants to she wants to figure it out. She's like I said, she's very young and she's going to live a, theoretically going to live a very long life. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm trying to get that that personality juxtaposition out in you know when she opens the door and there's another door. Yeah. Fuck. There's another door. But <laughs> when she opens the door and there's a fucking ghoul behind it, yes please.
1: Yeah. So I I hope that's coming across subtly in the role play. Yeah, no, I I it's I don't see why it wouldn't be. Um it's cool how like role playing um can force you into subtlety and secrecy. But we don't always want that as storytellers. So it's great to have these little sessions. So props to Scott for bringing it up. Um, You know, this is something that one of our favorite podcasts does as well, uh, every so often, and um, and it's just it's a good it's a good way to check in and and it's why one of the one of the several reasons why I think metagaming is important. it's it's a part of the experience. You no, know, it can ruin the experience, but sometimes it's essential as well. Um, so I love it. I love having a bit of perspective. I, I do my best to try and understand what everyone's going through, but you know, I I have no idea at the end of the day. And um, you've all you've all sort of surprised me a little bit here, but your explanations have all made sense as well. Uh, I'll tell you what doesn't make sense though perhaps is that uh, this uh, this oh, this no. creature has disappeared from your sight. and I don't know if you guys assumed the combat was over, but I can assure you it is not.
4: I definitely oh, did uh, I said point no. to the field and call that shot. Uh, I called <laughs> I called planar shift because the chalk fell. yeah um, and um, i'm I'm gonna give this to you because I want you to think about it. I want you to think about your actions, yeah. Because teleport and dimension door, you both take with all worn and carried objects, so the chalk dust would not disappear. But planar shift, <laughs> theoretically, it would. Yeah, uh, I mean, why? Well, about wh- it why
1: why planar shift? Why? Why is planar shift the exception? What do you think?
4: Uh, I think it's the exception because it's a higher level spell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and call that a weak argument. Yeah, it is a week old. Let's be real, but ch- some of the chalk dust falling was just flavor text. Um, yeah. So, regardless of what spell it used, it uh, it vanished, and uh, is now going to reappear as it swipes at Tulok's back. For
2: yeah, uh, for a uh, ooh, what's your AC, Tulok? <laughs> Twenty. Flatfooted. Oh, uh, flatfooted is minus two. Wit. Eighteen. Yeah, that's a critical hit. Oh, fuck oh. off. We take okay. 18 Ooh. slashing damage as,
1: as it claws at you. But that will be the end of its turn. And now we're at Shad, who just hears a, probably a, a whimper from Tulak, who is, like, you know, probably at his wit's end mentally.
3: Uh, who's got Shad?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, who's got Shad this I week? I am Uh-oh. buying
4: myself some time.
1: Okay.
3: <laughs>
4: um, okay.
3: I'm so glad it's not me right now. <laughs> 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 okay,
4: uh, Shad with all three actions is going to place a hampering snare in front
1: of the door. Uh, okay. Um, rules-wise, can he do that?
4: Rules is written. There are no rules for um, putting snares down in combat.
3: Uh, According
4: to the boards, the there is a three-action create snare yes, act. Yep, and. It in on the boards, most people allowed them to place it with those three actions. With that three action.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I know there's like two two particular builds that are built around snares. There's a lot, of, a lot of controversy, controversy, if you will, um, surrounding them, uh, being a kobold versus being a razor and or both, um, and making them efficient. Um, but I'm just gonna go ahead and allow it because we haven't dove into that. No one specialized in it. And oh, fuck it, it's fun. Um, cool. So that. Uh, just a five foot, uh, five foot spot, yeah.
4: Yeah, so it's a five foot spot. It is. I looked it up. It's specifically designed as, or specifically worded as, any creature that moves into the space. Okay, and what does it do exactly? It becomes difficult terrain. hmm Uh, so it's going to be a sticky goo that, okay. like, essentially explodes out, making it difficult terrain. Oh, cool. Uh, including its movement into the triggering snare, and it uh, lasts for one d four rounds.
1: Awesome. I'm totally, Exploding goo sounds like a, a good all a catch-all to me. So yeah. yeah, hell yeah.
4: When it explodes, it covers a ten foot by ten foot square.
1: Nice. Okay, so it's going to hit so. more more than just the the person that triggers it. Um, yeah,
4: but it'll you know sticky goo will mm-hmm. theoretically
1: you know it'll it'll mark
4: the um, the creature as well as you know, yeah. keep its movement within check. So okay, cool. Realistically, is there a is there a, a
1: a DC to it for like a reflex save? I
4: don't see one, but I will get back to you about that.
1: Okay. Well, it's Lady Gilda's turn.
4: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lady Gilda is by going to shove, <laughs> shove two lock. Well, she saw him place it, mm-hmm. so theoretically yeah.
1: um, he can free action pointed out to her. So her first action is going to be to shove two lock. She's literally going to reach around that corner again and sh- actually shove him this time. Yeah, Give him a push. Okay. She,
4: she wants to push him into the wall by the corner so mm-hmm. she doesn't pull him into the
1: handbrakes there. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, go ahead and roll that check. That is a 13. Um, given Tulok is blinded and not, has a very little uh, knowledge of what's going on, I would say um, the DC should be lower for this. That and... I mean, it, it's arguable that he's a willing creature so you don't need to achieve something, but he also doesn't know you're doing it, so that's sort of like a bit of a middle ground there. Um, Yeah. Let me just... If it's a fail, I'm going to use my Hero Point to Root. Sure. There are adjustments to a DC based on difficulty that I can quickly make. Um, So assuming this is just... uh, We go with a normal... I'm going to call this a very easy, which means it would be a minus five to the DC. So what's your... Is it Fortitude, is it? Yeah, it's fortitude. What's your fortitude DC there, Tulak? My fortitude is nineteen. Okay, that would make it a fourteen. Okay, I will use my hero
4: point to reroll okay, that because that's a two on the die. Barely
1: failed it. Oh man, <laughs> I was being generous there too. Yeah, uh, that's an eighteen. Uh, okay, eighteen. That'll do it. So that you you okay. shove Tulak just one one five foot square south out of the way, of the yeah. doorway.
4: Part of that success means she can move five feet uh, okay. stride after it, so she will. I don't know if you'll let me move around. You that You can't corner. step
1: around a corner, no. Um, okay. So you're going to have to so get into this, s- this square of the hamper. That's but snare. isn't the snare there? I
4: don't necessarily
1: need to set it off. Yeah. Um, that's why I was asking about the DC because I was gonna—I was thinking about maybe making you uh, make an acrobatic check versus this DC to to bypass it, like a tumble through. Um. But you know, and you know, and lowering the DC because you you know it's there. Um, uh,
4: what if I just take the jump action instead? sold for the leap action
1: sold okay. done that's exactly it you you could literally just like shove the fast rock aside for a second just do a quick hop and that, that would all yeah. be legit um, we don't okay. have to go through all those numbers uh,
4: so first action is a shove second action is a leap third action would be a
1: strike with the hand wraps oh boy <laughs> she is tired of this shit
4: that is a 17 that's a miss apparently i can't roll higher than a 10 today <laughs>
1: I don't, only physics rolled higher than than a ten. I think last week or last episode. Yeah,
4: that was a seven on the die. <laughs> oh yeah, out of my three rolls so far, two of them have been sevens and one of them's been a two. So <laughs> it's coming. All right, three natural twenties in a row, listeners. Sure.
1: Well, that comes to Tulak, who has just been wrangled again, attacked from the back, uh, doesn't quite know where his vestra is, or. Yeah, so so the last
2: thing that he told the Festrog to do was get rid of the flame. So he jumped up, grabbed the torch, and so he will sustain the spell. Mm -hmm. And then with his next two actions, he is going to cast Invisibility on himself. Okay. So he winks out. Nice. Going with him will be his light, at least. And then the Festrog will... Take the torch that's in his hand and shove it up through one of the holes in his rib cage of decomposing skin and flesh and just bury it up inside of his stomach. Jesus! His fucking Amazing. Christ.
1: So while Holy there may shit. be
2: some light in the gaps in his ribs, potentially. But like
1: effectively reducing it to at least dim light. If, if not right, yeah.
2: If, if not, completely gone. <laughs> Sick.
1: Uh, this, unless Shad has his ever-burning torch, that, that plunges him into darkness, essentially, other than Lady Gilda's Light.
2: Well, interesting now, because last episode we did say that Shad had his sword in one hand and the crossbow in the other. So. Yeah. That's true. Who so, knows? Yeah, he's been fighting through two locks of
4: light
1: and Gilda's Light and the light of the shin. Okay. I mean, Lady Guildus extends far enough, I think, through that doorway that I think we're okay. Um,
2: yeah, it has the tight light spell, so it would extend
1: forty feet. Yeah, yeah, super tight quarters.
2: Can you jump and keep moving as one action, or do you have to jump as one action then move?
1: No, it's uh, jumping as par- uh, it's the it's a leap action, mm-hmm. and it is part of your movement. Like, okay, there is or like you, a, can long long you, can, is you can long jump, or you can long jump and you high jump as well, which is which are also built into the leap action. It just depends on what you're doing and how much uh, how much pr- um, buildup you have. You have to have, like, usually a minimum buildup of, like, 10 feet.
2: Because he just wants to jump over the snare and into... They're
4: okay. both okay. in the chat, and I don't know if Tulak could possibly know that the snare is there.
2: Uh, it's not Tulak. Tulak mm. is done. This is Festerog. Um, mm. I also
4: don't yeah. know if the Festrog could know if the snare is there.
2: It is... Uh, that's a difficult one. Um, well, how come Gilda knew it was there?
4: Because Gilda was standing right next to Shad and paying attention to that direction,
2: but so was the Festrog, right? He's right Festrog there. was well, not the, the Festrog, Festrog hanging from the chandelier? the chandelier. I mean, he was holding it at the end of his last turn, and then at the beginning of this turn. Started... Okay. Hey, I mean, that's up it, to are you, you. Is is the Festrog
4: trained in perception?
2: Um, intriguing question. He's got plus six. So one if it's two. not trained
4: in perception. Shad's snares are undetected.
1: And uh, it is not a mindless creature, although debatable as a summon. Um, the standard name is not.
4: Oh, no, wait. Sure, it's not an expert in crafting. Uh, no, okay. So, yeah. So, the, this, the DC of the snare is 18. It's his crafting DC used as a stealth DC. His craft is a plus 8 to
1: craft snare, so it's a DC 18. Okay. So, you want to be with the drugs. uh, leaping through the doorway essentially right um i'm gonna what here's what i'm gonna rule is that i'm gonna roll a perception check to meet that dc 18 you said james yeah um regardless of the results i roll you are moving the creature so if i roll to meet it or or exceed it then it notices and leaps over If, if i don't then it triggers it cool okay 22
2: nice Let's go, Festrog, baby! <laughs> nice. Be, uh,
4: Sorry, yeah, I, I, I it sounded really uh, shitty. I think what I said there sounded really shitty. I didn't mean that, Scott. I, uh, I really want you to do this. I also just know <laughs> snares are fucking badly written.
2: They're yeah, no worries. Yeah,
1: un- unnecessarily complicated. And, yeah. And, and all of a sudden you get into it and you're like, they're not complicated at all. They're just not fleshed out.
2: Uh, it's one of those. So Festrog notices. The trap springs over it past lady gilda diagonally it hops up onto the desk in like a up onto all fours in like a really disgusting way and then back down on the floor and then north so it is now flanking the fey creature with lady gilda and tulok is invisible in the bottom left hand corner i cell. love this because the fest has an ability called on all fours <laughs> as well <All> right mm-hmm. <laughs> that just like extends
1: its movement speed and stuff it's great mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is right, Is the first attacking
2: no that's it, dude. That it that's it Get okay. buried the thing in its in itself for one and then move for the all second right.
3: all right that brings us to physic physic uh will just take a pot shot at shimmergrin from uh where he's standing beef, uh, lesser cover, uh, shooting through Lady Gilda. I believe this is your, um, your
1: third shot from the alchemical fire. No,
3: it's not. Is it not? There is no further alchemical item. Oh, it's done. Yeah, I did three Uh, of them already. So, uh, just a straight crossbow bolt, a 28 to hit. Oh, man. Yep. That hits. That's four piercing damage. Okay. Um, so he's going to take a uh, 15-foot stride northeast to be just uh, to the east of Shad. And for his third action, he will draw his healer's tools.
1: All right, that's him? That's him. Top of the order, is Shimmergrin,
3: who is going to
1: five-foot fly. He is airborne at this point. South. Um, and attempt an attack on the invisible tulok, Having seen him disappear, I uh, roll the DC 11 flash check real quick. Misses. And he goes for a second one. Two natural eights in a row. Good, Misses. you jerk. There's two perfectly visible people right oh, there. Oh, I wish I could tell you why I'm doing this. Uh, I have a, I have a good reason. Shad, Because oh, it can <laughs> see me, you. I have a great reason for it. I'm not joking. <laughs> you. It's not just me picking on you, Scott, I promise.
4: Shadow's going to stride, so he's opposite of Physic, each flanking the hampering snare, and with his second two actions, he is going to ready an
1: attack if Shimmerdrin comes through the door. Nice. Cool. Oh. Lady Gilda.
4: Gilda's first action is going to be... Is there a taunt? There's not a taunt, eh? Um, Would it not be like a
1: making impression. Not really. I don't think so.
4: Yeah, making impressions a diplomacy—it's not really what I wanted. Uh, okay. She will strike out at Shimmergrim with her punch gloves. That is a nineteen to hit.
1: Uh, that's a miss. Okay.
4: And then she will, with her second action, leap over the trap, and with a third action she will attempt a something she never does, which is a demoralize because she wants this thing to move away from Tulak. I, you, and you stupid wings. Why don't you, I need you to <laughs> stupid wings. <laughs> we're, we're in here now,
1: stupid we're wings. In here now. <laughs> For the record james always likes to roll first for it role playing that <laughs> yeah that was a natural one <laughs> listeners for a three. Oh my god oh my god that was funny <laughs> uh yeah big old fail big old fail um <laughs> luckily no critical failure effect for that so luckily yeah that's you and tulak you're invisible but this creature's been trying to swipe at you Probably felt some of the uh, the wind of its claws coming at you. You don't feel safe, that's for sure.
2: I'm not super stoked by this. Um,
1: yeah. All I can say is that you were lucky you only failed that check on the spell.
2: <laughs> uh, okay. Physic? or physic. Oh my god, I keep calling myself physic. Aspirational goals, I get it. Two lock is going to pull out a healing potion lesser for one action. drank it for second action. And that is going to give him 16 health back. I will take that for sure. Yep. And then we'll sustain the spell with his last action and then it will be Festrog and Festrog will attack with his jaws at this piece of Fucking garbage on wings. Misses with a (laughs) twelve. But un. uh, Oh yeah. Okay. We'll just attack again with the claw. Not minus four. Seventeen. Oh. Nice. Useless. All right.
1: uh, That's it. Not an easy one.
2: Well, yeah. When I can't see it and do shit like magic missile and (laughs) (laughs) telekinetic. Right. I can't even speak anymore. You can <laughs> use the seek could, action to you, try and find it, though. That is extremely true, but uh and I considered that, but I decided not to. You also couldn't motion.
1: speak before, so don't don't say anymore. That's ridiculous.
2: Physic,
3: what do you got? So physic would take a fifteen uh, foot stride through the doorway. He would use his second action. Fuck this sucks, man! I hate this thing so much. Uh, second action, he's going to toss a tangled foot bag, which I don't think I've used a tangled bag before. Well, I mean,
1: bear in mind this creature is flying. I don't know if it applies or not. Just throwing it out there. Tangled wing bag.
3: On. Yeah. <laughs> it's got feet. Uh, it? <laughs> oh, it says, yeah, bag fill or, a sticky uh, substance. And the creature okay. flying via wings has its wings tangled. Yeah. Nice. Okay, yeah. cool. So escape DC is 17. So you're going to toss this at the creature? Yes.
1: Roll your to hit.
3: Oh, uh, a a natural one on that. That's pretty good, (laughs) right? Oh, Oh, boy. That's a rough Um, turn.
1: Yep. That's uh, that's no
3: bueno. That's Spanish, listeners. Uh, I'm Uh, (laughs) done. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> move dry uh, uh, I'm done
1: but it's like a direct hit it's not a radius thing is it no it's not okay all right so yeah you just you just miss yeah. sadly I'm waste to hang up a bag I'm just
3: glad we all get to hang out that's where
1: you said that almost every other episode <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: um. that's your turn yeah top of round six Tulak might be going down here, guys. Uh,
1: it is It is going to continue its attempt. Uh, another natural 8 on the first uh, flat check. Yes. But, but a meet to beat on the second. So he's going to come in with uh, 20 to hit. Yeah, that'll do it. You're still flat-footed. Yep. Uh, and that's 8 slashing damage. Copy that. And, um, oh. Uh, you took additional 7 precision damage while you're flat-footed.
2: Flat-footed, yeah.
1: And... Uh, it tries again and misses. It's, it's doing its damnedest to bring you down. Uh, Shad.
4: Shad's first action is going to be the interact action to take down that snare because
1: it's clearly not working. Hmm. It was a great idea, but strategy has changed.
4: Yeah. Yeah. People keep entering that fucking hallway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he will then stride and reload his crossbow. Okay. Uh, Gilda. Gilda will move past Physic into the room because apparently we're doing the fight here now. In retrospect, I'm so fucking would... mad at you guys for yeah. entering that room. No, here's, the, so thing here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though.
1: In retrospect, it would have, it would have probably would have made a little more sense to to have Shad delay and then pull Tulak in and then put the trap down. But you didn't no. do it in that order. You put the no, trap down and No, we probably should have not
2: gone in the room. I'm pretty sure he's exactly yeah.
3: what should have happened. Well, hindsight, <laughs> hindsight is 2020.
1: Well,
4: I I also didn't expect it to be able to see Physic, or uh, see Tulak. So it doesn't see Tulak. He idea... just watched
1: him wink out and is trying that square. Right. Well,
4: that's that's not the impression that Guild is getting from this. She just sees it attacking a square and blood popping out, like <laughs> reptile in Mortal Kombat Two. <laughs> Second action is going to be a grapple against
1: this thing. Uh, grapple, okay. That
4: is a twenty-three
1: uh, versus fort, or is it great reflex?
4: This will be fortitude as well.
1: Um, twenty-three. That is a success. Okay,
4: you are grabbed
1: until the end of your next turn,
4: unless you move or escape.
1: Unless I escape, yeah. Until the end of your next turn.
4: Yes, sorry. Grabbing unless I move powerful.
1: or uh or it's escape. But if you want to extend beyond your next turn, you have to use an action to maintain.
4: That's it's a free action to maintain, right? No, sorry, not. It's it is a single action to maintain, like it's sustained. It's not another roll Is that correct?
1: More or less, yeah. So it'll last until the end of your next turn. But if you want it to last beyond the end of your next turn, you do have to spend an action to make sure it does. Yes, yeah, that's right. fine.
4: Uh, then she's going to with a map minus four, just try and punch this thing because I got to roll higher than a seven. Nope, I rolled exactly a seven with a natural one. Use <laughs> my last hero point. <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna roll higher to 7. 12. Exactly, a 7. It's seven.
3: lucky you're a clever motherfucker and keep getting hero points. Well, that's why I keep
4: spending them. Uh, that's a 12 to hit, so. Yeah. No bueno.
1: No, oh, we uh, And honestly, that was gonna be one of those moments where I, I feel like I was gonna feel like I have to rule that you accidentally lose your grip. Um, on a natural one. Uh, those would be rare, but oh man. Hero uh, point well used.
2: Two lock. Be good, buddy. All right. This is tough Tulok will maintain or sustain the spell Uh, and then he would like to Okay, so I need to Roll A flat check To attack, correct? Correct, uh,
1: no I mean, uh, Tulok does
2: yeah. yeah, is that okay. what, I, what yes. I said?
1: Yeah, uh, sorry You need to, uh, yeah, you need to roll a flat check I think you know where it's at because it's been trying to attack you and It did hit you, so okay. you know where it's located
2: um, so we can uh, forego the seek. Ooh, okay. So that's an eleven. Meet to beat. Yep, that's a beat to beat. And then you, sir, as Tulak reaches out towards the head of this thing, I don't know if it's going to hit that or not. But um, you should roll me a will save. Okay, pretty good at
1: this one. Twenty-four.
2: Ah, you just beat it. Okay. Uh, touch of idiocy fails. Okay. Um, but it is Festrog, and Festrog will attack with jaws. Critical, as a twenty-nine. Uh, oh
1: boy! Yep.
2: As eighteen points of damage. Yeah, oh, big boy. hit. Big hit. Nice. And then, since this is a living creature, correct? It is. Okay, so. Um, it will feast on you for one action. So it tears into the creature's flesh and gulps down voraciously, dealing 1d4 slashing damage to the creature and gaining temporary hit points equal to the damage dealt. Nice. Uh, and that is max damage for four. Okay. This fast however, has been hit, but it's still fucking fun.
1: But, uh, it's temporary HP. So oh, you yeah. can, can take Boom. that on. There's little, nice. There's a little slot for it. Um... Nice. Okay. <laughs> first time, the fresh drugs have uh, been more than a meat shield. Um, Physic. This creature's looking rough.
3: Uh, yeah.
1: And it is grabbed by Lady Gilda.
3: But uh, first action will be to... Sorry, maybe I'm unclear with uh, Tulok being invisible. Am I able to potentially, like, just reach out and... Uh, Touch of idiocy is probably a hostile action, eh? Oh yeah, yep. true that. Uh, that means you would have lost. He has reappeared in front of you. Okay, perfect. So uh, that will be uh, my the use of my uh, healer's gloves. Okay, it should be one d eight, I believe. Two d six plus seven, say.
2: Oof! Big difference. Yeah. Yep. So
3: uh, eighteen HP back to two lock
2: Oh, man, that's yeah, new, uh,
3: <laughs> uh Draw my short sword and attack with that.
1: Oh, okay. i are going to draw the short sword. It's been a while since you did that. <laughs> yeah,
3: it, it famously has done so well before now. <laughs> uh, all right. I forgot you're. I mean, you're out of
1: bolts, eh? That sucks. <laughs>
3: Well, I'm I'm out of bolts that aren't infused with light. Shining bolts, yeah. Which which seems like an off. Like the only (laughs) enemy we've encountered that would be immune to this
1: is benefiting from light. Yeah.
3: All right.
1: All right. Swing your little short sword there, goblin man. Twenty-one to hit. Oh, m- uh, yeah, that hits. <laughs>
0: oh my god, no way. If this, if this believe, kills him. I
1: can't believe Physic has done the most damage to this creature of anybody. <laughs> yeah, Other it, than Physic, the get dog,
3: it? I think Physic's the it's, only uh, one that's done it. Two, two damage. Two slashing. Two
1: damage. Okay. It's uh, sorry, no, two alive.
3: piercing, not slashing.
1: Okay. Um,
3: <laughs> it's still alive, but it is worse for wear. That's my turn, but okay you know he feels pretty chuffed about that one um
1: oh jeez. um it's it's honestly just going to um it's gonna to attempt to free itself actually um escape check versus your athletics, athletics DC? dc yeah yeah which is 21 okay fails fails uh it tries twice and in its scramble uh Oh no! Um, it's starting to panic at this point. You can tell, Gilda yourself. It's squirming and fighting and squirming and fighting. Um, turns to try and strike you with the claw. Although, uh, no, I'm pretty sure escape checks have um, the attack trait. Yep. yep, they do. So it's
4: so, a so uh, map minus yeah. times three. Yeah, it's and gonna you need to do. I uh, need a. You need a flat check as well, I believe. Do I for being uh, grabbed? Does he f- uh, if you, oh, manipulate action. Yeah, okay. So. Um, is it
1: just raw dogging me? Like it's just yeah, it's it's starting me? the panic. And, uh, it's <laughs> it's raw dog. Yeah. Uh, it's twenty-one <laughs> to hit though.
4: Uh, twenty-one is a meat to beat.
1: Ooh, and it manages to slash you in the face for eight slashing damage, and that brings us to Shad, who might take full advantage of the situation, perhaps. Um. Yeah, Shad will step,
4: so he's got a clear line of sight. Fire his crossbow, which is a twenty-eight to hit. That hits for seven points of piercing damage. To describe how this creature dies. Uh, Shad just does like this dart move where he he kind of peeks around the corner, sees the Guild has got it grabbed. Physics got healers tools. He steps into the doorway and then steps out of the doorway in one fluid movement like turns around (laughs) in a semicircle like Neo from the Matrix, fires a crossbow bolt and then is all of a sudden on the other side of the doorway. He doesn't even know he's
1: killed this thing yet. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, Uh, Well, that sucked. That was... I'm gonna... I have to reveal it. I feel like um, it's intentions... If you guys are interested, yeah, it it has a, an insane option. I I could have used it earlier, but I chose not to. But it it grants this insane option to if you bring if this creature brings someone down in battle to the dying condition, can automatically use a summon spell, uh, particularly summon Fey, and it would use it at fourth level. Meaning, the, if someone went down it would have turned into a CR five creature with a CR four creature or CR three creature attack attached to the encounter. So like if two went down the death danger for the whole party would have dramatically increased. It's like an exponential death spiral. Like it's a massive one. Yeah. And that's what it was trying to do. It was trying to get you down. So it, could, it can, u- it can use your, your sudden dying condition as like a, as a component to, to like, in one action use summon fey. Holy gosh, so, uh, man. If you didn't I go invisible, like
3: you would have gotten absolutely it, fucked on one of those turns. And... Right. Exactly. Plus it
1: has sneak attack, so the fact that you were blinded meant it was doing more damage. But if you hadn't gone invisible, that was the most clutch shit. Insane. Absolutely insane. Because um, the, yeah, the danger of that encounter can, can skyrocket really fast. Um, in any case, I'm... I'm uh, I, I've been they've been logged in my head, but I can't quite remember why. But I'm quite sure James and Scott both deserve a hero point, so just take them. Oh. Um,
2: now that brings uh, me.
1: <laughs> oh, the chalk! The chalk for sure. <laughs> that had to be one. Uh, uh, that brings to me to it. my
2: other point, where I yeah. should have just used one of my two hero points at the beginning to re-roll that uh, <laughs> that save. And I, fuck, I'm so bad at using hero points. I just, just, I'm in. Mean, I'm
1: the same. I never remember when I have one or not, you know?
4: They're right at the top of our ship. They're right so there. I, <laughs> no I, I just burn yeah. them. I, I also,
1: remember, Shad them. has his own. <laughs> no, Shad used it. Did he use it? Yeah, immediately. Oh. The next game, the next oh, session, okay. he used it. I think me. it's in my notes. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Shimmer Grin Town. This horribly evil little insect, insectile a satyr thing dead brutal
4: um gilda goes and sits down in one of these armchairs
2: Tulok <laughs> has his back pressed up against the wall and he's just like is it dead is it dead creature attack it is it dead what is going on and because everything just kind of this mm-hmm. the all the noise kind of drains down a little bit and the festrog just grabs it by the legs and just smashes it against the wall because he's being commanded to continue attacking it. Yes. <laughs> and then as he realizes that it's probably dead, he slumps to the ground and is just sitting there in his own darkness. You see everyone like, kind of like heavy
1: breathing and the festrog's just like,
2: whack! 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 <laughs> just
1: like slamming it against yeah. the floor of the table. And
2: as he slumps down, the festrog just loses its own life and slumps to the in the opposite corner of the room. I think Tulak, like, honestly is... uh, just starts to whimper a little bit. Like, he's pretty distraught right now. Almost died. Managed to pull out a healing potion. Like, he's ending the combat at almost full health, thanks to Physic. But I think that was a pretty tough one for him. So, he's just slumped on the ground, kind of holding his eyes. Can he see again? Uh, In about 20... I mean, 30 what, seconds. About 30 less than 40, 30 seconds, 30, yeah.
1: seconds yeah. yeah. About 20 seconds, suddenly his vision comes back, yeah. But there is that moment where it's like, he's not sure, everyone, probably everyone goes quiet and the drug is just ripping it apart as he continues to tell it what to do.
2: After Tulak regains his vision, he kind of is wiping at his eyes, one, because he can start to see again and the bright light is kind of blinding him a little bit, but two just because he has some tears on his cheeks and he's just trying to brush them away to put on a little bit of a hard look. And he stands up and just looks over the creature.
1: Yeah, viewing it for the second
2: time since you first saw it. A little bit of a different sight this time.
1: Yeah. Slumped, battered, bruised, beaten, destroyed. Uh, As the festrog fades away, there's another ever-burning torch on its person. Uh, that was shoved up in its ribs. That's why I wanted to give you here a hero point.
2: That was the one. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, that was good. Um, I couldn't figure out where to put it. So, yeah, Festrog's yeah. a metal as fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's a, it's in that little loot box there. Lady Gilda, you you plop yourself
3: down in the chair. Right? Yeah,
4: she's um she's feeling pretty defeated after that combat. She thought she was so clever, you know attempting strategy and it just it failed miserably and then every swing she took missed like she didn't land a single Mm. blow on this creature her strategy didn't work like she just
1: feels deflated this is like the exact opposite encounter you were just talking about earlier where she was like bringing down undead and ghouls and shit like that and this was not one of those and this really flubbed yeah and uh she i i mean i might be bleeding
4: into it a little bit but like There was no cohesion in this battle. It was so chaotic from a party that's usually a really well-oiled machine. Um, And I I don't know if I'm projecting yet or if that's something she's even had time to think about. But, you know, Tulak going blind right off the bat just fucked the entire dynamic of this encounter. (laughs) I'm I'm frustrated and and she's frustrated because we had no...
1: If he critically failed... It would have been permanent blindness. Yes. Just, just throwing that out there, permanent. And we we have no which can be recovered at this level with a, with a reasonably uh, a reasonably low level spell. But you'd have to go seek yeah. it. out. And we we have no tools it's to like... deal with
4: that. We had no tools to deal with blindness. We had no tools to deal with
1: invisibility. And
4: I didn't have darkness. It just
1: yeah, yeah. And it just it had an ability called blend with light, and its own trigger is when it uses its own move action. And as long as it's in an area of bright light, it can mm. just turn invisible. Yeah. And that's why it, and that's why I asked about Tulok's um, own light source, because that's it. It also had the ability to dimension door to another place of of bright light. If you hadn't taken down the chandelier, and you, or if you had taken down the the uh, everybody torch in the previous room and moved everyone moved in, it couldn't have escaped you because that's like sort of the strategy. It would have just flipped to the other room using the ever burning torch so like light was a, a, a seriously appropriate um mechanic to this not to mention the fact that it has its own range attack that it ever used that could make you a light source yeah if it hit
4: i mean gilda can't fight in the dark so she's always got to have her
1: light going this is a creature that's really dangerous at range um but you're in tight quarters yeah. so you're all right
3: sort of
4: so she's just <laughs> taking a breather feeling um, you know feeling defeated, like, really defeated for the first time in a long time. And uh, Shad yeah. will be investigating this fountain of Nimbalah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's clearly carved in the same iconography, um, but um, there's nothing out of out of the ordinary that he can find other than that this whole room seems to be magically infused. Tulak, quickly pick up on that. Yeah. The, the The water keeps running. There's incense constantly going the um, everbury torch in the ceiling even the chairs seem to be well protected by magic
2: as if this room was meant to be permanently comfortable at all times tulok walks in and is just trying to put his own fears out of his mind and he sees lady gilda slumped in the chair and he walks up and picks up the book that the creature was holding as he kind of takes a knee beside gilda And says, well, that was not our best work, was it? I'm glad that we all lived and I've regained my sight, but not my composure, I could say. Do you think you could do me a favor and take a look at this? And he just hands the book to Gilda to kind of give her a job or something to do, you know?
1: Yeah, keep her busy.
2: Yeah, and then as he passes that to her, he's going to stand up and just start searching the room to keep himself busy
1: uh, as you hand that to lady gilda she kind of looks down and and re-notices the quill question mark that Shimmergren was using it is in fact uh uh it it, it it's it's basically this like pen or this quill that has this long curving feather that is very sturdy a lot of structural integrity it's not a not a proper feather at all it is very sickle like as i said before and it's very solid
2: so because Tula really wanted to look at the book himself but he's not really good Mm -hmm. at consoling people that much so he was just trying to figure out what he could do for lady gilda though he really wants to look at that book so maybe as a side as the next best option he starts looking at that quill as he hands her the book
4: she okay. probably I mean, she'll open it, but I, I have my doubts that she even speaks the language that it's written in.
2: Yeah, I mean that's cool too. Like
1: I mean the one thing that stands out right away to everybody is that it is a language that no one speaks, but it is a script that you've seen before. A script you've seen um on the uh hall of uh, portraits on the first level. When it was scratched into um the plaque I think or the stone uh under the bell the image of Belcora it is the language of actlome
2: um, but no and i'm out way. of uh out of spell slots for comprehend language uh what's with this quill can i inspect it uh yeah i mean
1: it it's like it's quite sizable and sturdy um it is very sickle like and it is magical so you can roll me you can roll me a sweet, sweet
3: magic check if you like. I will.
2: Does anyone want to uh, aid? Yeah, I'll
3: take an aid on that. What do you... Uh... Occultism. Sorry, just had to hang up on Foundry. Uh, uh, I rolled a 28 anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, well, fuck it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a magic item known as a Word Reaper. Ooh. It's a plus one sickle. Um that is basically engraved to look like a feather. And the wooden handle has a pen nib at its base operating like a quill. Yeah, uh, you uh can basically use the handle as uh as a quill and the ink never runs out. Also, th- using three actions as an interact action once per day, you can use the word reaper to inscribe the words read by or read by sorry and your name uh inside a non-magical non-magical literary work such as a non-magical book scroller play you immediately gain cursory knowledge of the literary work as though you had skimmed it for five minutes hmm. are there any caveats on that um non-magical is the most, most do you topic. have to I, know the language
4: that would, I would say, would be the most important caveat, because he could just
1: write it into this fucking book. Yeah. As as it reads, that's the only caveat that I can see.
2: Okay, well, Tulak is going to take it, and he walks over and sits down next to Lady Gilda and motions to take the book from her, and he will write.
4: Before he does that, I'd like to do a sort of society check to uh, decipher the title
1: um sure we've we've kind of gone this down this road before
4: yeah, it's one minute per page so it won't be uh in any language it must be in a language you can read though the gm may attempt to to decipher a text written in an unfamiliar language using society
2: i would like to okay. aid using yeah. bookbinding lore <laughs> come on man
4: that's that's a 20 um okay. no
3: <laughs> i've never been more angry than uh, you saying no to that <laughs> yeah, come on that man safe.
1: that was good that was good No, oh, how does binding a book make you read a language that's ridiculous maybe he's seen a lot of books
2: and all right, whatever, fuck you. Okay, we're good. We're good. No. I you, I <laughs> <No. don't. laughs> That's ridiculous. I got a 20 to decide oh. for the title. Uh,
1: yeah. Um you, you pick up on the title being something about ways or a road or a route. Um, but also relating to something that is like that wriggles, like a worm or a snake.
2: But that's all you can discern. What the worm knows. Potentially. Uh, Tulak will write into this. Read by Sage Tulak.
4: I think this is by the Beatles. The Long and Winding
3: Road. <laughs>
2: <laughs> more of
3: a fan of wings. <laughs> 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 okay.
1: Uh um uh, uh, yes, yeah, so you write read by too long in, in this with your new found item. Um and you can tell that Lady goes on the right track. You it is by the Beatles. Uh, no. <laughs> um you can't you can't discern, you know, the language and what the details are, but what you do quickly glimpse is that it is filled with grisly descriptions and illustrations um, that all seem to point towards ritual sacrifice in particular hmm. and a lot of the annotations written by Shimmergrin seem to be lauding and applauding and enjoying and and adding to the
2: grisliness of these rituals yes this book is quite evil in nature i can discern that it talks about ritual sacrifice and shimmergrin sure was enjoying it judging by the annotations. Such an evil creature itself. There is no information in this that will help us at this point, but I shall take it. Maybe Morty will like it.
4: Uh, does Shad find anything as he's searching through the room, specifically the uh, said
1: fountain? Uh, nothing in the fountain. Nothing special about it other than that it seems to be magically constantly like flowing and whatnot. Um, but there are a bunch of books on the um, on the shelf. Uh, some of which appear on Morlebin's list. There's one bulk worth of Morlebin's books there. There's also a book that stands out called Ineffable Hauntings. You're quick to uh, understand, or at least Tulak would be, that it contains a formula for the ritual create undead, specifically for poltergeists. It also contains a detailed academic analysis of the ghostly weapon spell. And this would allow an arcane or occult spellcaster to retrain this spell with only one day of downtime, which is significantly faster.
4: Ooh, interesting. Pretty fucking dope.
1: Spend a day and you can just learn how to create poltergeist or ghostly weapon. Create undead, as we dis- discussed before, uh, versus animate dead. It's a very different thing. Create undead is a ritual that is, that is evil. It has the evil oh, trait. Yeah, even. Gilda is, would not fuck it with is that. Something that but... No, Gilda wouldn't abide by it. That, that that's a hard line in the sand. But you do have the formula for it, should you want to use it. But otherwise, um, ghostly weapon. I don't know if you ever considered that to luck, but you could retrain. Even even as a spontaneous caster, you could retrain that in one day. Uh
2: yeah. I mean I don't have third level spells yet, so For me and the listeners, can you define retraining as a spellcaster?
1: Yeah, I mean retraining
2: so You can retrain a spell or change a spell on your list when you gain a new level, I believe. And so maybe this would allow you to do it. Right. Not at that time. Other than that, I don't know.
1: So retraining in general allows you to retrain almost anything, but what you retrain um, is the, the baseline for um, what, uh, what kind of time it takes. So you want to retrain a single feat. It's less time than, say, retraining a whole class feature. So if you were like a swash, or sorry, let's go with a rogue, that's a ruffian, but you wanted to retrain into a thief, that would take way more time because you're re- removing a core part of your class, but it is possible. And so same idea, like you could retrain a spell. Not all casters just have a full availability to the repertoire um, or their or their spell list uh, that they can just redo every day, like a cleric can. You know, so for those who can't, um, they have this option to retrain. They can just sit down, meditate, and do whatever it is they need to do. Go through some sort of ritual process to reestablish a different power within their bloodline. Let's say with a sorcerer, um, and this significantly shortens the time. Like a class feature, could take up to four months, for example. Cool. So having a formula for understanding how this this magic works, and the only caveat that's listed is that you know, you're an arcane or a cult spellcaster. There's nothing to do with prepared or spontaneous. Um, So he could use that as part of his, say, a meditation or some such to sort of redirect his, his, uh, his power. Pretty neat. Mm -hmm. Pretty neat.
4: Uh, Okay. Whenever we're ready, we do our door thing at this door.
2: That's the Southern door. (laughs) Door, door to the the Yeah, There are two
4: doors in this reading room.
2: And uh, one to the south. One to yeah, the we have so far
3: traveled this episode fifteen feet at the most. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So, do we hear anything from the Every door? Very little. No traps. You hear nothing. From
1: shed. No traps. No nothing. Pop the magic from Tulak? Nope. Pop. You crack a door to nothing but a broken iron stool and a well-used whetstone that occupies this otherwise stark and bare room. There is another door to the south.
2: We move quickly through the room to the other
1: door. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Crack the door. Staircase leading down. Ooh, boy. Deep, deeper into the dungeon. (laughs) The mega dungeon.
2: Yeah, I don't think we're ready for that. Unless we go down there and we level up, and then we just come straight back up. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Tula closes the door not how okay. this works <laughs> i was gonna say i'll go down perhaps we should uh scout to the north first to cover our bases we have many more doors here okay uh let's let's go through the
3: routine again trap check
4: uh defend and shad unless i say
1: otherwise we'll be taking the avoid
2: and i notice same same
1: all right north door Nothing detected you crack it open and you have a bathtub and a commode in a room that is surprisingly clean. Thanks to Narky's map, there is an obligatory rubber duck sitting <laughs> in the bathtub. Oh, Amazing. That's great. <laughs> and to lock, it detects magic.
2: All right. Uh, I would like to search. Magic duck? It's, it's the duck. They so
1: have an unusual duck made of rubber here. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I made oh. a little homebrew action here. Just, just slightly. <laughs> I couldn't All right. take advantage. I'm
2: going to roll occult on this. Okay. <laughs> uh, I roll a 14, and therefore nothing happens.
1: Uh, yeah, you you don't know. It's usually I hand it to Physic.
3: This might be something that you would enjoy, <laughs> Physic. And Physic will... Uh, do the same check, I guess. Uh physical a 27 on occultism.
1: Yeah, that'll do it. This is a rubber duck. This is a a, a modified modified magic item. <laughs> this is a modified magic item. Um based off of the pyrite rat that you guys are semi-familiar with. Um but basically it's a squishy duck. Uh, that is, sh- uh, it's a sh- duck-shaped bath toy that is three inches tall and four inches long. And yes, I googled how big rubber ducks are. Nice. <laughs> when you activate nice, nice the toy, there. it turns into a flesh and blood hadrosaurid. You you can use an action uh, that follows. Uh, um, uh, the, uh, the the rubber duck is consumed as a material component in the activation, and the hadrosaurid persists for one minute, so it is a one-time use. That's uh, a big difference between the, this and the pirate rat. It's a two-action concentrate manipulate action to transform the bath toy, and it will turn into said hadrosaurid, but you are required to spend an action to give it its two, react- or two actions, and it gains no uh, reactions. Um, so it's pretty standard for a summoned creature, although anyone in the group can use it. Oh, so and, it's like it's um, a proper hadrosaurid. we pointing out that the hadrosaurid is a CR4 creature that is okay. huge in size.
3: Oh, hadrosaur! I thought you're saying it's okay, a that's, proper hadrosaur, which is the duck so, billed dinosaur. Um, yeah, Physic will yeah. turn that duck <laughs> over in his hands a couple times yeah. and then look at the others. Okay, like, yeah. hey, so <laughs> your classic rubber summoning duck, for getting a dinosaur in the room. Any, any diggers? I feel
2: like you'd enjoy that, Physic.
3: I. <laughs> I don't not enjoy it already. Classic!
4: <laughs> I love the idea of Physic being in, like, a bubble bath accidentally
2: setting it off. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's fucking hilarious.
3: Steven Spielberg, you
2: eat your hair, to <laughs> Was there anything on Shimmergrin? Um, No. As Tulak walks past the desk, which his lip body is sitting on, he looks at it with... And just, like, a look of sheer anger just crosses his face, but... F- Disappears almost as, as immediately And he carries out of the room And he Continues to The most northern door in the main Hallway in the library Okay
1: Very cautiously and carefully uh, Shad detects Nothing at the door it is not locked
2: Tulak gives Gilda the
1: nod
4: Still taking The defend action
1: she opens The door leads to a narrow hallway, extends about 15 feet ahead. To the right, there is another door, and to the left, it seems to lead down. Uh,
4: Shad will scout this
1: out while, uh, Gilda stays behind. Okay. The left hallway extends an additional 40 feet. There is a five-foot door at the end of the hall, but also another five-foot door somewhere near the middle.
2: Tulak follows behind Shad, also avoiding notice. Of physic is scouting
3: both ahead and behind and coming behind uh, Tulak.
2: Let's just take the first here. Tulak says in a low whisper. Okay, Uh, same, same for the eastern door there. Yeah.
1: Check for traps, hear nothing, um, but the door is locked. How locked? <laughs> Very locked. Even more locked than the last one that required required multiple checks. It is a much sturdier lock indeed.
3: Could Physic attempt a uh, lock pick on it?
2: Please do. Uh, two lock will provide guidance. Okay. So you get a plus that one. Will
4: aid with a 24?
2: Uh, physic
3: rolled a 24. So with the aid, it would be a 25.
2: And with the guidance, 26. The first, the first tumbler. Oh, shit.
3: Comes free. Oh, multiple thievery checks to be able to pick this lock. Huh?
2: Well, let's give that's it a shot. Said, yeah. I also can aid uh, with yep. thievery, so let's let's give it a shot. Yeah. Go ahead with the aid. 26. Uh, 18. So no dice. It's plus one. Ninety one. Oof. That's, uh, that's quite bad. That's not because, because it uh, it's it very um world, yeah.
1: you break your uh, tools. Uh <laughs> You can repair them and or or purchase replacement picks. Otherwise you'll have to use a new set. Although I think you guys have multiple Yeah, sets.
3: Shad has a hat. Shad has a set and I have yeah. a set. So I mean straight up um,
1: delete your your thieves tools from your inventory.
3: Uh fucking you know, <laughs> put some put less bulk. You've, you've on broken me, them. I guess. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh
4: He is a crafting
1: character, so oh yeah, don't delete. Just like yeah, he could remember. Do they? they Do they?
3: Do they retain the same bulk when broken?
2: Um. Yeah. Yeah. How sturdy looking is this door? Um.
1: About about as sturdy as the last one, that you had. You were considering doing this to, but you you had the
2: key. Tulok moves up the hall and down the other hall, uh, to provide some cover leading towards the two doors. And turns to Gilda and says, do you think we should break this door down? Can you describe the door to me?
1: Uh, it's made of wood. Well, well, well and sturdy though. It's not, not swollen like the above levels. Um, so it's, it's pretty solid. But it's wood.
4: But there's no like iconography on it or anything? Nope. Why don't we give Shad a shot at the, the lock and see what happens? If this fails, then I don't really see an alternative. I'll uh, I'll I'll go up and take a look at the other two doors, see if they look as intensely locked as this one.
2: What is Shad's thievery? Plus nine. Oh yeah, same as mine. Yeah, yeah. same as I'm mine. I'm rolling like hot garbage, so get Shad after it. I'll try to aid. No aid. Is it? Are you Shad as well? No, no, no James uh, is Shad. Uh, James
3: is Shad. Yeah, I'll I'll aid on that. I mean, uh, I mean, you can
4: take his picks
2: and
3: try again if you want to do it. I, no, I, I mean, it's it's. Just six or one and a half a dozen of into the other. Let's see what Shad's <laughs> up to. Uh, no aid. Actually, no eight Uh, I did aid from physics. Okay, I sixteen.
1: No, it's twenty. But no
4: 20. Aid, It's twenty.
1: Okay. Then no. Twenty-three. See, Shad looks at two No, no. I don't think it's that. No, no physics. No, I don't think it's that either. I, f- I think it's this. And he opens the second tumbler.
4: At this point, he would have a pretty good idea of how many tumblers are in there. There are, are two more.
2: Uh, two luck aids on the next one with a 21. Okay. Physic, you want to get in on aid? 20? 20, uh, 21, sorry. I
1: can't quite get it.
2: Damn it. All right. lock is frustrated and moves with Lady Gilda to the next <laughs> door.
4: Don't you have a Wand of Knock or something?
2: No, I wish. I have... A wand of fucking fire hose. <laughs> and um, I've got uh, spells, but they are hypercognition and mending. And by spells, I mean scrolls. Right. So you can just mend two locks,
4: thieves' tools, or physics, thieves' tools. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I mean,
1: th- it's a sand. scroll. roll. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, we, we, it's, that's next. I mean, we're not beaten. We
4: still have a, a set of thieves' tools, so. Um, if physic wants to take over his uh yeah there. i mean we'll, uh,
3: physic can take another another shot at it okay
4: yeah he was hot for four rolls in a row but that's that's it
3: that's how probability works uh okay uh no chances to aid on this one now uh
2: yep. no, i
4: rolled a 14
2: sorry my bad my bad i was trying to figure other ways around this and 12 no aid and physic rolls a 16 nope so no all right, what's the deal with this middle door? Let's move on from this piece of crap. Appears to be quiet. Tulak avoids notice beside the door, waiting for Lady Gilda. Still taking the defend action, she attempts to open the door.
1: She cracks the door, and there is a sort of cavern-ish sort of room. It's like it's been partially dug out and completed. Um, the There are... Uh, the walls bear, like, telltale marks of chisels and picks. Discarded stoneworking tools lie against the unfinished walls. Although there is one pick in particular that stands out because it has a sort of glean and shine to it as opposed to something dull. And with a quick glance, you can tell that it is a plus-one striking pick. And mm. a pick is one of those very rare weapons with the fatal trait on it, which is pretty damn cool. It means that it's it works like a deadly D8 or deadly D10 situation like you would see on a bow yeah. in which you get an additional whatever D number it has. In this case, it is a D10. But a fatal versus deadly means that all of your your damage die increase. So this this basically is a d8 weapon. It's a two d8 weapon, in fact, as it, with its striking, um, and it has fatal d10, which means when you crit, you don't do d two d8 plus one d10; you do three d10.
3: Whoa. Whoa, that's huge! Yeah, it's
4: what size is
1: the it's weapon? A, it's a um, just an average size. Um, I think it's a Medium. it's a one handed weapon, and um,
2: it is a martial though. Alright, Tulok, realizing that no one can use this, tosses it in the bedroom.
1: I'm looking at Shad's sheet. Oh, my bad, my bad. Uh, no. He can only use select martial weapons like a rogue can. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh,
4: can I roll a nature check or something on this room? Like, to try and figure out why the fuck this is here? Um,
1: yeah. Other than to just fill out the map? Uh, in fact, uh, you your gut tells you what? Why is why is it here? Like nature? Well, you know, where they digging for some sort of stone? But that actually, as you, as you look around the room, you kind of take it in. You go, "Oh, this seems to be starting to be carved out to be another smaller room, like the rest." So the pr- the purpose seems to have been unfinished, and that it was just another another room for these vaults, for these levels of this of this fortress. It was not to to gain. Um, Precious metals or anything, but rather more space. Okay. That's why the walls appear enough. to be unfinished, as it were. Right. As do the floors.
4: Yeah, okay. Cool, cool. Just map filler. <laughs> For sweet magic weapons. Uh, yeah, and then
1: the same drill at yonder door. Uh. All right. So you head down the hallway to the west at single door. Do your checks? Um, nothing to be heard. Although magic is detected.
2: Okay, I do detect magic and, here, so you know the drill. Um,
1: when Shad checks for traps, he says uh, it may be nothing, but um, the door seems warm. Hmm. Okay, but it's a wood door, so it's like uh, a little bit, you know, hard to tell.
4: Yeah. Okay, so Shad will move to the end of the party, take the scout action, so we can all have a plus one to her initiative, and draw and load his hand crossbow.
2: Tulak avoids notice. Physics is just vibing. <laughs> no, he
3: uh, he will actually load one of the... Shining? Yeah. Yep.
4: Freeman, how long do you think it's been since we ended combat?
1: Um, Well, you guys hurried out quite a bit. Um took a moment to like look at things which I would say took us about 15 minutes exploring a little bit more maybe another 15
2: we fucked with that door for a while that, uh yeah that's
1: enough I just I'm down to eight
0: okay. I only need eight
1: minutes yeah those uh the door like each check only takes about um around it's like a two action check so yeah, six seconds okay
4: okay uh as long as it's more than eight minutes cool. I'm back up to full so uh Gilda will still taking the defend action
2: two lock goes prone
4: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: Bold. Wand a magic
4: missile in
1: his hand up next yeah. to his cheek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she opens the door.
2: Uh, Seeing nothing happen, he pops she up. Cracks
1: the room. door. The other cracks the door and steps in. And the air in this room does feel blisteringly hot. Although the source of the heat is not apparent. Neither the wooden barrel containing a few uh, iron scoops nor the metal bin with a hatch like lid seems to be the source but the sort of metal bin is this sort of almost pseudo furnace that you can tell or a place to to dispose of things and melt them away, perhaps.
4: Yeah, I was
2: going to say, I think this is the boiler room. Oh. Or the crematorium.
4: Or this is like a little tiny makeshift forge for like repairing the picks and shit. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, she'll lift the lid of the metal hatch and see what happens. You... Well, sorry, she will gently touch the lid of the metal hatch to make sure there's no fire on the other side of the door. With the back of her hand. You, you, you touch
1: the, the metal hatch of this thing, and it flies open. And disgorges a pair of shrieking, burning ghosts that lunge towards you all. Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at unchartednorth.ca, patreon.com unchartednorth, and in all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.